Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and this week, still noting Women's History Month, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. Not a girl. Not a girl. (laughs) Only on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. And we always invite you to take a gander, or a goose in this case, at our social media, which can be found by looking for Southern Fried Spooky on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. And even our email, southernfriedspooky at gmail.com. Yay! Send us messages no one ever does. But we ask our friends who are scattered around the South and, you know, other places as well. But Indeed. Are they worth mentioning if they're not in the South? Yeah, there still are. Oh, okay, fine. So but we ask our friends not, for... Not everybody's perfect, okay? Absolutely. What is that thing? If it's not Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> We're not quite that bad, but no. most of us are Scots, so it, it happens. Anyway, no. we ask our friends who are around the place for ideas, mm-hmm. and I keep a running list... Yeah. And one of our friends, and Tony's like near half-sister, Nitty Kitty, gave mm-hmm. us a great idea. It's sort of near where she's living, at, or she was at the time. So this one's been on the list a while. This week, after all that introduction... Oh, wait, time out. We do have a special thing coming up with Nitty Kitty herself. Oh, that's true. So... It, in a couple of episodes. Yeah. So Kitty will be joining us, and we yeah. have we have a big reveal for the, yes. that episode. Yeah, how do you do burlesque and striptease over a podcast? No, wrong. Not that kind of, okay. Wrong reveal. It'll be an audio reveal. We hope it'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. So her suggestion, Mm -hmm. um, it takes place at an inn in Asheville, North Carolina, that is home to a lovely ghost uh, that is known for her feminine charms. Mm -hmm. She's known as the Pink Lady of the Grove Park Inn. And she appears as a pink mist, or can be seen as a young woman in a pink ball gown. And to me, she would be a woman in a ball gown, or a mist. I'll just tell you that it's pink. Yeah. Well, it's like the lady, the girls in Greece with their pink ladies' jackets. Maybe she'll label herself for you. I'm suddenly envisioning a ghost floating through, and she turns around and she's wearing, like, booty shorts that say pink across it. <laughs> that may be a little too modern, but that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, we'll suggest it to her if she has... A suggestion box. <laughs> All right. So as per usual, how's my haunting, Cole? What <laughs> you know, five out of five would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> would haunt again. As per usual, first the place. Yeah. Let me give a little background here. So Asheville, if you're not familiar, is a really pretty place up in the mountains. It really is. The Grove Park Inn has a reputation of one of North Carolina's premier hotels. Mm-hmm. It was built by Edwin Wiley Grove in 1913. In 1913. But Grove had made his fortune selling Grove's tasteless chill tonic throughout the South. Wait, so you're telling me this man was the first one to invent the chill pill? (laughs) Apparently, and he made quite a lot of money from it. Wow. Now, as I understand... It was advertised as effectively disguising the unpleasant taste of its active ingredient, quinine. Which tastes like ass. <laughs> it's for malaria, yeah. which was still around at the time. Quinine both smells and tastes like a just a long-since-forgotten form. <laughs> Ew. So the tonic it proved popular in an era when, as I said, malaria, malaria. was still around. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I can include one of the photo ads in our Facebook page or Instagram. That would be cool. It's 
it's very par for the times. It's equal parts hilarious and horrifying. Yeah. It has a picture of a pig with a human face. It's it's awful. The whole idea is that it keeps you fat. Because well, back then, I guess, they well, wanted to be? Well, also, remember, malaria ate you from the inside out. See, I don't know these things. It, I just know that it's from mosquitoes and would, then bad things happen. You would get very, very thin and then die from that. So them saying, oh, this will keep you fat, affluent, whatever... <laughs> Like not wasting away. Th- this will keep you from wasting away. That is a big sell point. Oh, fair enough. Though I have said that a couple of my friends and I agree that you know, given our curvaceous form, I would sort of enjoy perhaps having a wasting disease for about two months and then be done with it if I could just turn Do it off. Do what they did back in the um, the seventeen hundreds. Like uh, here's a tapeworm. Gross. No, I don't want to be a ghouled. <laughs> that would be awful. Okay, so moving on from the advertising. Grove mm-hmm. came to Asheville on his doctor's advice. And Asheville and the nearby towns in the mountains of the Western Carolinas were popular health resorts at the time. Well, yeah, anybody who had like tuberculosis, stuff like that, they were told to go to higher climates. The fresher air would, I guess, extend their life. That's been proven wrong since, but still. <laughs> it was a theory. Yeah. You know, changing of scenery can't be too bad if you can yeah. survive the travel. Well, and also, it's also a psychosomatic thing. Well, so. Didn't Doc Holliday kind of go way Oh, out? no. <laughs> he, went, he went from Georgia to Arizona to, I mean, like, Colorado. Like, he went out there. My like, goodness. He was always on the move. For someone who had TB all of his life, Oof. he was constantly on the move. Wasn't he kind of wanted most of the time? Uh, yeah, but not for the big things like people. Okay, think. fair enough. <laughs> like a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, he was a mass murderer. He killed one person." Fair enough. Slight digression. Yeah. Okay, so seeing the healthy huh, pun not intended tourist business and not being one to pass up an opportunity to make money, Grove and his friend slash son-in-law. Thomas Seeley began in construction on the Grove Park Inn. Grove acquired the land where he would build the hotel in 1910. He also acquired buildings in the surrounding area, including a sanitarium for tuberculosis patients. Yep. And these buildings would end up being torn down as part of the construction project. As a note, anyone who's ever watched any of the haunted things on YouTube know that old sanitariums are just... Hot spots. Not the best place you want to build a new Yeah, they're like the beds for, like, apparently pissy ghosts. Apparently. So it's just one of those things of don't build anything near a sanitarium. I mean, they're almost as bad as that whole Indian graveyard kind Uh, of thing. (laughs) Burial grounds, I guess. It was built on a graveyard. (laughs) Construction. Thank you, Casper. Indeed. This one surprised me. Construction started in 1912 and was completed in 1913. That's really fast for the size of this place. Wow, yeah, that's... I mean, if you think of things like Biltmore and other places, I mean, unless you just have a huge team working on it, which maybe they did, Maybe he, was he had a huge team, because Biltmore is, I mean, like, from what I understand, was being built for, like, 150 years. I imagine it was improved upon. I don't think it was actually being built that long. Like, but now we have to look it up. Now, keep in mind, I've never uh, been to Biltmore once, but that was Ooh. a long time ago. We'll have to check that out. I don't think there were ghosts at Biltmore. I don't know. Well, it has a Halloween room. Does that count? That could be cool. We could focus on that. Yeah. So on July 12th, which... 1913, the hotel was open for business. Ooh. So just a few years after construction, Fred Loring Seeley, curious, the name changed, struck a deal with George Washington Vanderbilt. Because wasn't it Thomas? Yeah. I don't know why it changed. 
Huh. We'll just say Sealy. Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, um, struck a deal with George Washington Vanderbilt to acquire the latter's Biltmore estate industry. Uh-huh. As we're talking about that. Now, after Grove's passing in 1927, the hotel was bequeathed to his family, much to Seeley's disappointment. Which, again, wasn't he part of the family? Anyway, well, best friend and son-in-law. Yeah. Grove believed that his family would have more liberal management. So before the change, Seeley had managed the hotel himself, but he would lose the legal battle for the right to own the hotel. little stab in the eye there, I guess. And the inn has remained in continuous operation since 1913. So, okay, it's still open today. It is, and wow. today it's at one of the Omni hotels. It's the, now the Omni Grove Park Inn. Wow. And it hosts several world-class restaurants and a superior spa, though I've not been, but I've heard. Illiteration! We may have to experience this as, you know, research. For research. For science purposes. Yes. Um, and also... Asking for a friend. Absolutely. And some people who like to watch movies from the 80s might have actually seen part of it because it was on, It was uh, one of the location shoots for Dirty Dancing. Really? Evidently. That's kind of cool. Don't ask me which parts, but... <laughs> and it was built, as we said before, to rival the finest hotels in America. It was a sprawling granite estate built out of granite, which sits tucked along the Blue Ridge Mountains, and it's specifically on the western slope of Sunset Mountain, for the people who are nearby and know where that is. So when people drive by it, they shouldn't take it for granite? That is definitely one of your bolder statements. Yes, it is. Sorry, I'm not trying to rock the boat here. Continue. Oh my gosh. During World War II, the Grove Park Inn became an internment site where German, Japanese, and Italian diplomats of the Axis powers... By the way, that is the axis of evil. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Um, Not now, but back back then it was known as the axis of evil. What a lovely, charming... I mean, I don't know. If you were if someone gave us that title, we might be kind of like, ooh, that's badass. That's nice. Right. Thank you. But, okay, so they were considered prisoners, but they, they were being held at this fancy resort. They received superior treatment. They could go into Asheville with supervision to purchase supplies and food from local vendors. You're being held against your will. Hold on, I'll get the concierge. <laughs> we're going to go shopping. Yes. And once the war was over, it became an Army and Navy redistribution center where they could rest and relax before moving into new assignments. Mm -hmm. So, it's a beautiful, relaxing, romantic inn that has seen military duty Mm -hmm. that you would never want to leave. So, among the notable guests, George Gershwin, Mm -hmm. Harry Harry Houdini, Houdini. F. Scott Fitzgerald, Nice. Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Oh. Ten presidents. Yes, ranging wow. from Woodrow Wilson to Barack Obama. So this place has really been visited. It has seen some things. Um, I may note, in March Women's History Month, mm-hmm. this list is very male-heavy. I'm sure they had wives. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, but according to one legend, there is one guest who never did leave. Fantastic. So we've done the building and its background. So now the person. The pink lady... She doesn't really have a name. Is the Grove Park Inn's much-loved resident phantom. She's said to be the spirit of a young woman who fell to her death from a balcony on the fifth floor, albeit she apparently landed on the third. Um, sometime Wait, in the she 1920s. she two stories and died? Yeah. Maybe she just landed badly? I don't know. Wow. Well, that's okay. what they say. Okay. From the fifth to the third. She is... Why don't you tell her that she's just extra clumsy? 
Right. She's usually seen in the form of a pink mist, a light gray mist for you. Yes. Or sometimes as a full-fledged apparition of a young woman in a pink ball gown. So she looks like Glinda. Okay. And she is a kindly spirit who has been seen and felt in the halls of the inn for nearly a hundred years. Wow. I guess now, maybe a little over. Yeah. Now, there are varying stories about who she is and where she came from and why or how she met her in. So... You know, falling two stories. Well, okay, the reason behind the falling two stories. <laughs> Theory the first. Yeah. Some believe that she'd come to the inn for a clandestine evening with a married lover. And then she threw herself from the balcony when he called an end to, uh, well, their affair. Theory the second. Yeah. Others say she was a servant girl from a local home who was having an affair with the man of the house. He apparently learned she was pregnant because, of course, we have to have a nice, good, salacious tale. Mm-hmm. He pushed her over the balcony to keep their affair a secret. But he pushed her two stories. <laughs> To make a point. For anybody who is listening who doesn't understand that, that is 18 feet. 18 feet! I have seen infants survive falls like that. How did a grown woman fall 18 feet? Okay, we'll go ghost hunting and you can ask her. Okay. That's... uh. Maybe she dove onto her head. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, theory the third. Mm -hmm. She could have just been an unfortunate guest who slipped and fell, which I don't know how you do that, but, you know. So the notes suggest she accompanied a registered guest. So, like, her name, there are no documents to tell us who she was. Yeah. Okay, quote, One night she fell off the balcony on the fifth floor and fell two stories down, said Isabel Miller, brand communications and events manager at the Omni Grove Park Inn. Okay. She met ultimately met her demise right here, apparently she pointed, at the palm court floor. Now, if she had taken a nosedive and landed on her head, that may have killed her. People have fallen shorter distances and also died, yeah, so let's not, yeah. you know. Humans are weirdly resilient, but also terrifyingly fragile. <laughs> at you! So, yeah. It is weird what some people can manage to survive. Yeah. And... Other people can fall short, short distances, and who knows. Now, this is interesting. I found in one set of notes, or you know, one source said she was rolled into a carpet, all Cleopatra style, and removed from the property, I guess, to not alarm the oh, guests. Oh, that's what, that's what Disney does. Oh, okay. Because no one can die on the property. Right, so right. So they just kind of roll you up in the... In the car- magic carpet. Yeah, in, like Cleopatra style, you know, and kind of whisk that's you away. That's what the Otilidors are for. <laughs> kind of whisk you away. Well, I have no idea if that's true. I only found that in one source, and it was sort of a secondhand thing, so I can't really confirm that. But then again, we don't know what her name is, so... Yeah, it's not like we can look up a death record or anything. However, one rumor suggests that the Pink Lady's origins should be um, more famous than a mere servant girl. Okay. So according to some historians, the ghost could be that of Zelda Fitzgerald, which is kind of an awesome name who was being treated for a nervous breakdown at the nearby Asheville's Highland Hospital. Her husband... F. Scott. Fitzgerald. Yeah. The great F. Stayed at the Grove Park Inn in rooms 441 and 443. I wonder if they were adjoining. On and off for two years while visiting Zelda in the hospital. That must have been a serious breakdown. Right. Now, this is kind of sad. Zelda died when the hospital burnt to the ground oh, in that 1948. Sucks. 
So it may be that she was associated with the Grove Park Inn with happier times. I don't know. It's like, I'll just go where my husband was rather than where the hospital grounds were. So there are theories that maybe she's Zelda Fitzgerald. But I don't know if she had a proclivity for wearing pink. Whatever her origins. We're going to have to find a picture of her now. I know. I don't know if... I mean, we'll have to see. I know there have been plenty of ghost hunters and all, so we'll have to see. I love the fact that she's pink. You get all these others, like the white lady who wears white. The brown lady, you know. Who wears red. (laughs) That would be funny. (laughs) They they call him the yellow man. He wears all blue. You're going to wear plaid just because you can't tell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right before I die, I'm going to put on the worst outfit I can think of. I mean, some clashing crap. Ah, gross. Like and madras just, shorts and a Hawaiian just, shirt. Just like haunt people and be like, look at my visage and fear. As people look at your patterns and try to decide, are you coming or going? Right. <laughs> We're just going to back up here. Behold the gaudiness that is my outfit. <laughs> know me and vomit. <laughs> Like, I want to be the visual equivalent of a migraine. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you got to have goals. <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. the pink lady yep. is agreed to be good-natured. Yeah. Even a kind spirit. She mm- seems to... Sort of like the cuddler? I was thinking that, yeah. yes. She seems to particularly enjoy the company of children, and she's been seen by the beds of children who were ill during the stay at the inn and Aww. speaking softly to them and stroking their hands. And in one famous case, a doctor who'd been staying with his family at the Grove Park left a note when he checked out asking the staff to thank the lady in the pink dress and that his children told him how much they enjoyed playing with her during their stay. Aww. Which I, again, that's like sweet, but creepy. Yeah. The ghost of the pink lady is also said to enjoy playing pranks, like small ones. Mostly she just turns off lights, like turns them off and on, air conditioners and other electrical devices because that's what ghosts do. Yeah. She also enjoys rearranging objects in the room. (laughs) And it's also been said that she'll occasionally wake up a sleeping guest by tickling their feet. So I think she would make a good match for the Charleston Cuddler. Yeah, like we we definitely need to get these two together. They have some weird bed fetishes. (laughs) And they're both very sweet. Yeah. It'd be cool if you could sort of, you know, hook up ghosts from different places. Oh, yeah. It'd be like... Oh, Dating site. <laughs> we don't know your name or your name, but Mr. Cuddler, Miss Pink, I'd like you to meet. <laughs> and while she's been seen all around the inn, mm-hmm. the spirit seems particularly attached to room 545. So when we stay there, we need to make sure to ask for 545. Naturally. And according to tradition, it was this room's balcony that uh, the young woman had her fatal plummet. Quotation mark? Air quotes. Air quote, fatal plummet. I, the reason I'm, I'm coming back to this is I think there's it's a little sus. So it could just be that something happened to her and then she was dumped over the... Yeah, like it's it. a little sus to me. Okay. Well, maybe there's a murder mystery to be had here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, since she was taken out in a carpet, we don't know if there was an autopsy, if there was an ID. I mean, I'm sure somewhere someone has identified her, but we don't know. Our research is only for a week. We don't go into, like, deep, deep research. Let's look into the records at the police stations. 
So while she has been seen all around the inn, mm-hmm. she likes 545. And I've already read that. Yeah. But for the last hundred years, the staff of the Grove Park Inn, mm-hmm. initially they were instructed to suppress the stories of the Pink Lady because, of course, management didn't want to frighten any prospective guests away. Well, nowadays, that'd be a draw. Nowadays, <laughs> it is a draw. Though. Yeah. Um, now, many guests request 545 precisely because of the Pink Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and the inn's employees are just used to her presence and treat her as just, well, I won't say one of the staff, but as a tradition of the Grand Old Hotel. Well, if we ever go there, we might have to revisit this, like, maybe our bellhop or whoever. Can we be like, yo, um, tell us about the Pink Lady. That would be cool. Yeah. Sort of like how... I would love to have done a story on this. We went to the Pirate's House in mm-hmm. Savannah and asked our waitress for her experiences. Oh, yeah. She had some. Oh, yeah. Not like full stories, but just things happening, which yep. is cool. So Isabel Miller, I mentioned her before, mm-hmm. said in a 2022 interview, I did not interview her, I just found these, uh, we get questions about her all year round, and there are requests for the room all, all year, year round. round. During Halloween, we do see an uptick in people wanting to stay in the room. So late one night, here's a few examples. Mm-hmm. Late one night, Kurt Davis, the evening resort manager for the inn, said he experienced a presence unlike anything he'd ever encountered in his life. As in walked Keanu Reeves. That would be fascinating. Yeah. As I walked through the boiler room door, I felt a tingle that started at the top of my head and began to go down my whole body, which I'm pretty sure is some sort of medical issue. Yeah. Even to my feet, Davis said. That sounds like nerve damage. (laughs) It felt as if every hair in my body was standing on end. Davis stopped to peer around in the shadowy hall but saw nothing. He made it to the stairs, and then his legs started to not work so well. Barely make it up the steps. Now, this doesn't sound like her, because that seems a little mean. Ian was holding onto the wooden railing as he made his descent, and using all his might, he reached the exit doors. Yeah. And once he got outside, he was immediately fine. He said, I never saw anything, but there was a presence around me until I left the building. Now, it sounds delightfully creepy, but I don't know if it sounds quite like the Pink Lady's style, you know. And this is a huge place. It could have been any other... I don't know how many goes they have. She's just the famous one. So, Joshua Kersey, HR training manager, works in a converted office on the lower level of the main inn. The bathrooms across the hall from Kersey's workspace are beastly hot no matter what season. (laughs) When you step inside the old shower rooms, an unidentified clanging, like chains striking a metal pipe, can be heard. And on many occasions, Kersey said he locks doors and closes cabinets only to find them... Unlocked and opened, as you might expect, when he returns. At the time of this interview he had, the four-year employee said he often finds himself self-questioning if his office has a mischievous visitor. Here's a quote from him. I was sitting in my office one day with a co-worker, and we were sitting on the same side of the room and on the other side of the office, far away from where either of us was, stands this tall lamp. The lamp started clicking like it was trying to turn on. We just sat there, stared at each other for a bit while it kept going, and suddenly it stopped. And we're like, I think she's gone. (laughs) Suddenly the light behind them turns on. That would be funny. (laughs) I will say when I was in college, we had this Halloween event, and it was sort of a ghost tour of our campus. And most of us were fairly sensitive or aware of the ghosts. And so we were trying to keep it, how to say, kind of contained. Yeah. And two of my friends, the guys from Pennsylvania, apparently they had an experience where they, two of them definitely heard and saw something. And they're Wait, both, are we talking about Chuck Wendig? Why do you always have to go there? But yes, we were. <laughs> and he and another friend were like, did you see that? 
No. Did you? No. And they turn around and leave. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see a damn thing. Bye. We're out of here. (laughs) So, unfortunately, this is not a hugely in-depth story because there's not a lot there. But but still, it's kind of cool. I imagine we could do a survey of, you know, a lot of people who stayed there, and I think that would be fun. Yeah. So, that is the Grove Park Inn and Mm -hmm. its glamorous pink lady. Yeah. So we've talked about the place and its history, yeah. our haunting person. But I mean, the, yes? It's old enough, so there may be more there. Yeah, I think there could be more. Yeah. But ultimately, we've covered what we came here to talk about, so... A lady in pink. I suppose that means... Who apparently likes to take care of children and tickle your feet. Yeah. Sounds like a really weird nanny. Indeed. But I guess that means we're out at the <laughs> end of another <laughs> episode. I'm suddenly reminded of Fran Dresser. Oh. <laughs> God, I hate that accent and that voice. No offense to Fran Drescher, but ugh. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed hearing about it and listening to about our gentle pastel unknown entity as much as we have enjoyed it's sharing. It's obviously famine. And I hope you've enjoyed his constant interruptions this whole time. <laughs> so check out our socials and leave us some likes. And until next week, bye, bye y'all. You know how I won't let you touch my feet? Um, Yeah. So, if we stay in that room, there might be some kind of, like, ghost fight happening. (laughs) I got her! I got the pink lady! (laughs) What did she do? She tickled my feet. It's a good thing you'd only be armed with a pillow. Right? I hope. (laughs) Worst pillow fight ever. (laughs) 